Falcon notices the queen in the middle of a fire ring as sorcerers all around chanting and the fire keeps blazing. She remains standing firm in the middle with a serious grin and her eyes closed. She looks beautiful with her long black hair and biblical facial structure untouched skin by the fire. She wears a fitted black costume and holding two sticks of fire in her hands. The sorcerers keep chanting louder and louder and walking closer to the ring of the fire in circles. He slowly sits down, crossed her legs and makes a smaller ring around herself. The sorcerers walk into the first ring of the fire. Suddenly she bangs the sticks on the floor. The room fills with fire and flames burst out of small windows. The falcon flies quickly away from the window and into the air as the flames shoot out, catching her. And the queen opens her eyes, straight looking at the falcon running away from the fire and burning a little bit. Fade to black as the falcon goes into the sky. Scene 9, interior court hall, afternoon. Aramin bows and walks back to his seat. The spokesperson stands and gestures the diplomat representative, Khali. Spokesperson, I present the last statesman and master of advisors to address his concerns to his majesty. Khali bows with respect and moves back. A spokesperson, Kali, Your Majesty and Holiness, I beg of you to take many long nights before preparing for a war. If we go to war, we will for sure face famine and death as they come with war. We have considered to prepare for more messengers to present a peace agreement. Spokesperson, we will wait for His Majesty to return and present the Council with his decision. Solomon listens to all statements in silence. All men stand and huddle up in small groups and leave the court hall. Fade to black. Scene 10, exterior balcony, fortress, evening. Solomon stands alone on a high balcony. He gazes at the view of the mountain range forest. The sun is close to setting. Kali walks up the halls and passes elaborate designs of art on the walls and ceilings. He walks up the stairs. Two young apprentices try to keep up with Kali. He stops by the entrance of the balcony. He notices Solomon meditating. He catches his breath. His two apprentices wait for his word. He remains standing till the sun sets. Solomon turns and gestures, welcome. He smiles and starts to walk closer with his apprentices behind him holding cups and pot. He poured drinks and presented. Kali, I apologize to disturb you at this sunset, but I come to you with great humility to state my concern of the merchants and spiritual council's motives to go to war over a few potatoes stolen. His apprentice remains holding the glass with his head down. Solomon does not reach for the glass. Solomon turns his face to Kali and stays still. Kali cannot remain staring and quickly bows his head down. Solomon, 
I will accept your apology if you can bring back the sunset. Do not ever again, without us asking for you, disturb us. Kali bows and is afraid for his life. His apprentices bow and are pale with fear. Solomon, go and fetch our horse. Kali keeps his bow and replies with assurance. Kali, yes, your majesty. Thank you for your kindness. We will take our leave. Kali slowly takes steps back and exits. With grace, fade to black. Scene 11. Exterior, forest trail. Starry night, aerial shot. Solomon is riding hard and fast on his white horse with one unit of royal guards behind him. His robe sides are blowing back with the wind. His high golden helmet stays still. He keeps riding through the forests, trails, hills, valleys, mountains. He keeps riding through paths and slowly his knights cannot keep up with him as the end of the forest comes close. We follow Solomon through the eyes of the falcon above him. His falcon ri flies above him as he continues to ride. He rides through the rocky ranges and makes his way to a hole in a mountain. He dips into the hole, cut to black. Scene 12 interior, Solomon's cave, night. He rides his horse into a small walkway into a dark cave. He comes to a small opening and leaves his horse. He enters a small door-like opening. Cut to. Scene 13, Solomon's cave, night. He enters a court hall. The jinns are sitting on side with their leader in front. All kinds of birds are sitting on other sides. Small little lights of fire hanging around the walls light up the place. Solomon sits on his throne. The falcon arrives late and flies in front of all the birds as their leader. The whole court looks at the falcon. Solomon turns to the falcon. Why are you late? The falcon comes forward close to the stage. A woman's voice comes out of the falcon. I found the kingdom of Saba ruled by Queen Bidikis in the north. She is very beautiful and dangerous, as they say. They were worshipping fire, my lord. I saw her inside flames and untouched like a rose in a garden. Solomon writes a small note and rolls it. The falcon flies on his wrist. On his, he tucks it in her ankle. Solomon, take this letter to the queen. Kala, go with the falcon to safeguard her travels. The Jin leader Kala is very tall and mysterious looking, almost like a figure of shadow. Walks forward and bows, then suddenly disappears. The falcon flies out of the cave hall. Fade to white. Scene 14. Interior, Queen Bilikis' castle. Night. The falcon is close. And lands on the edge of a window near the castle. The gin leader appears inside the window and grabs the note from Falcon's ankle. Almost as though he came out of a portal. 
cut to. Scene 15, interior Queen Bilkis's castle's hallway, night. The guards are dressed like peasants and vikings. Their swords don't match, their shields don't match. No one is able to see the Jinn leader as he walks his way to the queen's bedroom. Cut to scene 16, interior Queen Bilkis's master bedroom night. The Jinn walks over the royal bedroom and next to the queen, Queen Bilkis is sleeping in peace. The Jinn stares at her face for a moment. He then gets real close and leaves the note on her chest. She wakes up suddenly and as the note touches her chest, she cannot see the jinn. She notices a small note and reads it, Solomon's voice in calm manner. We will fight or embrace the oneness of God, not the fire anymore. She looks around as though she knows someone is still there. Queen Bilkis, you are a jinn. We assume his falcon survived to tell the story. Jin is shocked. She knows of his presence. He remains in his position by the window. She stands and slowly walks over to the table. She pours a drink. She looks amazingly beautiful, graceful in her black robe. Jin, strange voice. Tis a peace deal to keep wars away. Queen Bilkis, you fear fire. I was born from the flame. I cannot see you, but the flame finds the Jinn. She stands in the middle of the room and Jinn right behind her. She knows he is right behind her. Jinn gets real close to her ear to whisper, but she turns and grabs him by the neck. Surprise. He is shocked. A sudden flame bursts all around her. Jin struggles in fear of his life to break loose as the flames rise around him. He's scared. Well, I shouldn't say that, but he's struggling to break free. Jin breaks loose and disappears. She realizes he escaped and the flames around her slowly go down. She becomes furious. Cut to Scene 17, Queen Bilkis's castle, court hall night. An audience of old and beat-up old men and young bearded warriors are gathered to hear her speak. She stands like a king on stage. The audience are all looking directly at her, waiting for her to speak. She stands up and yells with determination. After taking a sip of a drink, we have to fight! Cut to. Scene 18, exterior Queen Bikis' castle night. Ariel shot. The front yard is packed with her army. She stands on the balcony with her close commanders looking down on her army of bandits. She raises her sword and the crowd goes wild, fade to black. Scene 19, interior, Solomon's cave, night. To be continued.